Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka. I am a green realtor and a lead green associate in Los Angeles, and I am the host of the show. Today's guest is Ben Stapleton. He's the executive director of USGBC LA, which is the chapter of the United States Green Building Council. Ben Stapleton is an L.A. native who brings a creative mind and consultative approach to a wide range of projects with a focus on building teams and designing programs to deliver impactful results. As an executive director of U.S. US Green Building Council, L.A., his current work is based on coordinating an ecosystem, leveraging the built environment as the en- entry point and connected fabric to help create a more sustainable society for all. So thank you so much, Ben, for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. You're, I know you're a very, very busy guy. Um, so if you can briefly um, describe USCBC LA, what, what they do, what you do, and your job. Sure. Thank you, Izumi, for, for having me on your podcast today. Um, yeah, so you know, the U.S. Green Building Council, Los Angeles, um, we're actually the largest green building chapter in the country, and we're an independent nonprofit uh, from the USGBC uh, National that runs the Green Building Certifications and the Green Building Credentialing Institute. Uh, our mission is really accelerating sustainability in the built environment throughout Southern California. And mm-hmm. uh, we're a member-based organization, um, and so we have members throughout Los Angeles County, uh, San Bernardino, Riverside, and Ventura counties. And uh, really, you know, we're, we're a home for anyone who cares about sustainability uh, in their buildings, outside of their buildings, around their buildings. Uh, I think the more and more we think about the built environment, too, that really encompasses the infrastructure uh, that surrounds mm-hmm. us and, and connects everything. Um, one of the things I think is beautiful about using the built environment as an entry point to the sustainability conversation is it is really is a connective tissue and fabric that, that sort of weaves everything mm-hmm. together. If we're talking about issues around mobility, it's you know, people are moving from, from one built environment, one building to another building. Uh, if we're talking about issues around air quality, that air is moving in and out of buildings. You know, if we're talking about issues mm-hmm. around uh, landscape and plants, you know, those, those plants are the ones that surround our buildings or that we, you know, mm-hmm. we change in order to put our buildings up. So it really is a great way to sort of connect everything. Um, you know, part of the reason I, I took this job here a little bit more than a year ago uh, was really because I saw an opportunity, I think, in our region um, mm-hmm. to provide some, some more cohesive vision and collaboration around buildings uh, for the people in our mm-hmm. communities. I think um, we have a great opportunity here in L.A. Uh, to really work together to lead not only the country but the rest of the world around these issues. Um, yeah. you know, we have really good alignment around policy on the state level, on mm-hmm. a, a local municipal uh, municipal level, uh, we have a high amount of both intellectual and financial capital here that uh, we can direct towards green building policies in the right way, and uh, we have an incredible amount of talent here. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for us to really dig a little bit deeper and, and um, try to create more sustainable buildings here, whether that's pushing 
more and more for net zero, whether it's net zero carbon, net zero water, net zero energy, net zero waste, or even the positive buildings. Uh, we can we can really do that here locally. Yeah, I'm really um, honored to be a part of this community um, since I have become a member um, two years ago. I think uh, there's been so many incredible opportunities to learn and network with other like-minded people. So I really appreciate all that you do. Um, Thank, but you. I wa- Thank you. And, and, and yeah. I think that the, the people part is really important, just to emphasize that for mm-hmm. a moment. I think yeah. uh, at the end of the day, we are an organization that's about people. We're about community. I think mm-hmm. even though we're talking about buildings, you know, the buildings are really about the people who are inside them. And Yeah. Uh, in our society, I think people the people get kind of lost more and more yeah. in everything we do, and I think the more we focus on people, the better off we'll be, ultimately. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've met so many incredible people through USCBCLA, so again, I'm really grateful. And um, so, by the way, I, as I was preparing this uh, podcast and I was checking into your uh, bio on LinkedIn, I noticed you have a real estate license. And and so you were, I'm assuming that you were doing, uh, involved in commercial real estate, or uh, what was your role in that? Yeah, yeah, so I, no, absolutely happy to talk about that. And I actually am kind of always working on two or three real estate, commercial real estate deals still these days. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing commercial real estate work since 2003. Um mm-hmm. I started out of, um, I went to undergrad at UCLA. Uh, mm-hmm. I took a couple months off and went on a, on a, on a massive road trip around the whole country, uh, camping most of the time. And then when I came back, I started at uh, Newmark Knight Frank, a commercial real estate firm, and then moved mm-hmm. from there to what shortly became JLL in, uh, thereafter in, 2000, uh, in late 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my work in the commercial real estate has been predominantly around uh, what's called tenant rep real estate, so representing uh, companies and handling their corporate mm-hmm. real estate decisions. Um, right. I tended to focus on with technology companies, manufacturing companies, but uh, in that work, I uh, ended up doing a lot of work of repositioning industrial or manufacturing facilities for creative office or for redevelopment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I started a clean technology practice group at my real estate firm, uh, JLL, in uh, 2008, um, which was really focused on representing um, the companies that were doing work in the energy space, electric vehicle space, and I worked on a lot of really weird real estate deals for uh, util- mm. utility scale uh, solar, bio, you know, biogas uh, producing facilities. I did an EV. Uh, electric vehicle manufacturing facilities and battery manufacturing facilities. So I did a lot of kind of weird random real estate work through that. Um, <laughs> and then these days I, I still do a lot of uh, tenant rep work for companies that are just aligned uh, with interest. So recently uh, worked with the Clean Power Alliance on their uh, headquarters okay. location downtown, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, to really bring a sustainability perspective to uh, what they were trying to do with their real estate. So Right. So do you do you see that the commercial uh, real estate realm is more keen to the idea of green building and sustainable designs? Is that that's at least my perception? Um, I think it's more keen. Although I think we've got 
a lot of room to grow. I mean, I, I think if I was to look back, you know, maybe five to seven, eight years ago, I would say maybe mm-hmm. 98% of the commercial real estate mm-hmm. didn't really care that much. I'd say that yeah. number is more like 90% now. Uh, mm. I do think it's changing in that the reality is the the economics and the tale they tell is, is more, you know, more prevalent than ever. I think it's mm-hmm. hard to ignore the data. If you look at data around green buildings, if it's, you know, for the lead rated buildings, they, they have higher rental rates as much as 5% yeah. higher on average. Uh, you, you get people who have less sick days who occupy those spaces yeah. that are more productive, that uh, make the employees more valuable and more, more happy yeah. in those spaces. And so mm-hmm. the data is there. And, and you know, to be honest, I think that um, the smart real estate investors, you, you can just look at BlackRock, you know, going back probably about a month now, you know, really saying that, you know, if you're not taking climate risk into uh, your investing strategy, you're really missing out. Um, right. And it's especially true with buildings that deal with uh, increased risk from um, disasters, whether it's wildfire um, mm-hmm. or a number of days over 100 degrees a year. Those things yeah. have a lot of wear and tear on buildings. And if you're investing in a building today, investing in green buildings can give you longer, uh, longer-term value and reduced mm-hmm. operating costs for that asset long-term. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good segue to my next question that, you know, I am a green realtor and I'm mostly in residential, uh, obviously. And um, I'm trying to really find my way to build the awareness, not only with the homeowners and buyers, but more with the investors, you know, real estate investors, it, the, the, those people who are quote unquote flipping or even developing in the residential realm, and um, and it, it as as you mentioned, probably the awareness or the the percentage of the people who are thinking green or sustainable design um, is probably you know fairly small these days still. But I that's what I'm trying to work on in building that awareness to to to. Uh, encourage them to think more green and for the exact same reasons, you know, maybe not the, um, not the, well, I guess sick, being sick, not being sick is probably, you know, one of the big, uh, big element. But do you know uh, any, um, do you know of any incentives or do you have any idea how we can incentivize? those investors and um, uh, flippers, if you will, in that residential realm. Because you and I were at the panel discussion not too long ago where the developer was saying, you know, they can build big, you know, $10 million home with fairly green um, elements. But, you know, where it's really needed is the middle range, and that's when that's where a lot of flippers are flipping, and they're just coming in, t- tearing an existing home apart, and putting, you know, slapping on new drywall, and you know, putting some nice-looking materials. But they're not—they're uh, probably not thinking of materials as much. So I wondered if you have any suggestions or idea, or if you 
aware of any incentives out there that I can I can talk to to those people. Well, um, you know, first I would I would really start you know at the at the basics and when it comes to mm-hmm. energy and water, uh, there are incentives out you know right now depending on on where the property is located and the utility. An example mm-hmm. we'll use is that in the LA Department of Water and Power Service Territory. Uh, they have a, a really pretty aggressive incentive right now. I think it's a, a dollar a square foot rebate on uh, insulation or your attic spaces mm-hmm. and spaces okay. and things like that really reduce the energy costs to heat mm-hmm. and cool a house or, or a condo or an apartment. So uh, I would really start looking at how can you re you know fundamentally reduce the energy and water costs to mm-hmm. to live in that space. And so, you know, some of that is through, you know, the smart home features that we see all the time, like the nests or right. um, smart lighting controls. Um, sure. But you can look at things like, you know, just, uh, you know, making sure your space is airtight and there's not air leaks, um, you know, adding glazing the windows that can dramatically mm-hmm. reduce you know, heat load. Um, adding fans into your attic mm-hmm. and crawl spaces that are circulating. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are all, but uh, can really reduce the cost to live there. And then I think, right, you know, really investors, flippers, they need to they need to, to highlight those attributes um, and really speak to the the market. You know, market the benefits of those, the reduced costs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another example I'd say is you know around native landscaping. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think more and more we really have to encourage native landscaping in our properties, and you know, the, the yeah. benefits of that is you have less less fire risk, you have less reduced use of water, uh, right. especially once those plants get established because they're used to living in these zones. You have mm-hmm. increased activity for pollinators and birds and, and butterflies and things that people like to experience, and uh, those things bring value back um, to a property. In addition to trees, right? I mean, trees are Mm-hmm. Huge assets mm-hmm. uh, we really need to take care of, and so uh, those things all make homes greener um, and have long-term value. Uh, and, right. You know, materials is another discussion. I mean, I think one of the things we talked about on that panel, and, and that I'll mention here, is just the, the you know the need for transparency and awareness when people are making buying right. decisions. Uh, and I feel like we're finally starting to get the kind of transparency we need from. Uh, what are called environmental product declarations or EPDs mm-hmm. around products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more people look for those, uh, they can find products at their price point uh, that fit. Right. And, and I think, you know, marketing a space, you could, you know, really advertise that, hey, you know, all the, all the materials here were selected. We're really reviewing the environmental impact and mm-hmm. know, the impact they'll have a person living here. You know, who wouldn't right. want to live in a healthier space? Versus a non right. space, you know. Right. Plus, right. you you feel that. I mean, I, I think people underestimate. You know, I get to walk through buildings all the time, and mm-hmm. it always blows me away how the spaces that are green spaces you just feel better being in. And yeah. I, too often we don't try to try to quantify that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we really should, and really should ask people. You know, how do you feel here? People feel. You know, I feel. I feel good. You know, there's great light. There's good airflow. Yeah. There's just things you feel comfortable that uh, mm-hmm. should be worth, you know. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, it 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 
it goes to all the you know all the people who are involved in a living living space, which is all of us. So, <laughs> you know, the homeowners and home buyers. I try to approach them with that all those concepts, and I think that where where I'm having a hard time is to talk to the investors or uh, so-called flippers in in the interest of time and cost, you know, because they when they are doing the flipping or developing, for instance, the time is the essence, you know, the cost is, and many contractors. Uh, don't know to look for those materials or, you know, don't know how to do the installations, um, you know, the, the quality installation of the uh, uh, insulation. And so that's that's where I see the gap because these are the people who are making homes, you know, a lot of homes that we need in Los Angeles. So, yeah, it's... it's um, I think this is a continued conversation I would like to have with you, <laughs> and yeah. um, you know, to to develop some uh, some ways of uh, um, educating and informing all the people who are building homes out there. Um, but at the at the well, same if it, time, if it I was know, easy, yes. You know, mm-hmm. if it was easy, people people would do it, right? I mean, it's it's right. This is the challenge now. Is we have to really tie the messaging together in a way that people can really connect right. those dots um, and right. make good decisions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, so on the personal note, I I understand that you just purchased a new home and moved into one. Um, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I did just move to New home. I moved uh, about a half mile away from where I already lived in Pasadena. Uh, oh, but really? I, we love it out here, my family and I. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations. And so Thank tell you. me, what are the, yeah, it, it, so did you buy a so-called green home or did, do you have some measures to, to install in your, implement in your new home? Uh, definitely did not, you know, buy a buy a green home off the <laughs> shelf. It's a it's a nineteen eleven right. kind of craftsman, Ooh, you know, what what do you nice. typically think of in, in Pasadena? Yeah, uh-huh. uh, it's a little, little bit more of a ranch style than I guess your traditional mm-hmm. craftsman. But uh, uh, you know, part of the reason we bought this home is you know I've learned a lot myself over the last ten years of working with industry, and I'm actually really excited mm-hmm. to do a lot of work here. Uh, yeah. So you know couple things that I've already sort of flagged for myself, you know, one, mm-hmm. the house doesn't have solar. We're definitely going to look at putting on solar here. Uh, uh-huh. We just moved in um, not even two months ago. So I want to get uh-huh. a little bit of data on our energy use before we before sure. we purchase the system because right mm-hmm. sizing the system is really important. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that's one thing. Um, second, you know, we have a pool and I really want to get a solar uh, hot water heater. Right. Uh, they're actually yeah. not, not that expensive. Expensive, although the in- installation is probably you know the same mm-hmm. cost as the equipment, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that can keep your your pool water ten to fifteen degrees above air temperature, um, mm-hmm. really at, at no cost. It right. just circulates the water through some small yeah. you know pipes on the roof, and I think right. it's probably best that I do that in conjunction with the, the solar system. Uh, yeah. And then uh, one of the things I'm actually looking at is the insulation we, we talked about earlier. I definitely need mm-hmm. some insulation through our attic. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, it's kind of a, a big topic right now. Um, a lot of people are looking at, uh, you know, looking at their natural gas stoves and ovens and right. ranges. You know, right. Our range here actually doesn't, doesn't have a vent on it which is not oh, a great thing because that means, you know, everything is kind of venting into the, into the, the kitchen area. I actually right. do uh, pretty much all the cooking in my family. So that means I'm probably experiencing the ill effects more than anyone else of, <laughs> of whatever gas and carbon is being generated. But uh, I'd like to look at putting in an induction range yes. top here yes. um, in the, over the next year. I'm actually really excited mm-hmm. about that because, yeah. Uh, a, the stove we have is not that great. And as I said, I'm a cook, and so I want something that has a little bit more juice. And yeah. uh, B, that's a great way to, to, to live it. Um, and then uh, in terms of some other things that I know I've just started to kind of look at, uh, I, I also I, I, I don't own an EV yet, which is something that I couldn't do at my previous house. We just didn't have mm-hmm. uh, access mm-hmm. really from our home to where I need to charge. Right. So here I, I can do so I'm excited about that. Of course, everything takes yeah. money and time. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't you can't do it all at once, which is the hard the mm-hmm. hard thing. Uh, right. The other thing I'll say that that I really appreciate, and part of the reason we moved here is uh, we have some raised beds here for growing mm. food, and oh, I really enjoy nice. gardening. Yeah. And uh, I have my kids help me help me garden, and so um, that's nice. You know, that's not like a green home thing necessarily, but I think it does make our home a little bit greener and I think connects us more to nature. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think everything we're talking about is how do you bring more nature you know, into your home, right. into your environment. Right, really Yeah. Kind of what it's about. So, yeah. So so do you uh, – are you considering of go- going all electric, eliminating the the gas stove, or is your heating system still uh, powered by gas? Uh, so we have a tankless hot water heater. It's, it's powered see. by gas. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would look at that also eventually. I, I don't think it's as high on the priority list as some of the other items because mm-hmm. right, right. they're more pressing. And I also don't think the technology is – quite there. I've, I've learned a little bit about mm. sort of the heat pump systems and, and mm-hmm. they're definitely interesting, especially you can get some cooling benefits mm-hmm. from the heat pump systems, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think if I can focus on doing some of these other items and yeah. see costs go down over the next couple of years, then I'll be in a better place yeah. to probably put something in yeah. um, that we can take advantage of. Yeah. Definitely I'd like to look at glazing, too, like window yeah. tinting on some of my windows, because I have a lot of windows on yeah. the second floor, mm. and I bet there's some way to reduce heat load from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, like I said, the insulation in the attic would probably make a huge difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in Pasadena, you get hot, too, so you need some, you know, uh, insulation to keep your house cool. Yes, it does get it does get hot in Pasadena. About two months of the year, it's a little hotter than I would I would normally like. Yeah, But you certainly have a lot of resource around you to help you implement all these things. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of resources in the you know the, the challenge with everything, right? Is you have to you have to dig, right? You have to spend the mm-hmm. time. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part that's hard for any of us. I mean, you know, I'm, I work and I got a couple little kids and, yeah. you know, between them and the dog <laughs> and trying to do my yeah. normal job. It's, it's, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to really get everything done. Um, oh, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it takes extra time to do mm-hmm. things, you know, it's just the reality is it's, it's, you have to do research. And so that's, that's the hard part. I think, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm like to think I'm a pretty educated person. Um, and it's, uh, it's just difficult to find the time to do everything the right way. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I think agree. we have to continue to try to find ways to make things easier and, and educate folks. And honestly, the utilities have to make stuff uh, as mm-hmm. easy to, to, to do as possible. So Yeah, I agree. So what is your sort of a forecast from where you stand as an executive director of USDBCLA in terms of uh, the residential realm? Um, how long do you think or what do you think would take for just any, you know, uh, middle class people to to want to have green homes. And I know that I am doing my part in trying to educate people, inform people, but do you have any um, kind of sense, gut feeling of what this uh, whole movement is um, heading towards? Um, you know, I think <laughs> when people are informed, you know, mm-hmm. they do already want that now. They just, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at how homes are marketed, they typically don't highlight a lot of the green features, or if they do, exactly, they're not really mm-hmm. as, as prominent as they could be. So I think part of it's right. really a shift with the realtors, and, and that's probably something mm-hmm. that you're really, you know, kind of leaning on here locally. Because I think the more realtors mm-hmm. talk up those things, the things that add value, you know, the better off, yeah, and, yeah. and, and the more impacts we'll have. Uh, and I think that also <laughs> depends a little bit on the on the systems, right, that are in place, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the Zillow and the Redfins and, yeah. the, and the others yeah. to, yeah. to maybe put some data. In fact, if you wanted to find a way to collaborate on a study together with one of those groups, I'd be interested to try to do that with you. Um, oh, yes. I and the reality that. is that uh, code in California is, is, you know, all new homes are required to be solar ready yep. that are being built yep. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think code will continue to push you know, pretty aggressively yeah. on new homes. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, you know, 98% of our homes are old homes and it comes down to retrofit work being done the right, right. way. Right. Um, and, you know, I think we really need to find a way so that when people are selling a home, there's got to be some requirements around, you know, that being a time to retrofit or because there's an advantage mm-hmm. to retrofit and what you get on the sale price, people are going to invest the yeah. money, you know, to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and qualify for those people. Hey, when you buy this home, you're saving, you know, $200 a month on your utility bill versus buying another right. home, right? And that's, right. that's meaningful money right. over the course of a year, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you kind of put it back on me, <laughs> but I would, I would <laughs> love to. <laughs> I would love to keep having a conversation about, you know, what we may be able to do in this realm with the help of USDBC and yourself and all the wonderful, resourceful um, people in the community. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited, you know, and um, I look forward to, to tra- 
trekking this this journey with you. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to bring back our, our Green Homes Committee. I think we really need to have a Green yeah. Homes Committee and, and get yeah. a group of people who are motivated to do that uh, mm-hmm. to really start coalescing. And, and uh, I've talked to a few people, so maybe this is something that we can work on over the next couple of months, you and I, and, and getting that committee kicked off and going. I would yeah. love that. I think that'd be great. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, people can look up uh, you, you see um, USCBC uh, hyphen LA dot org right and they can read about That's correct. what you guys are doing okay and you can find Ben yeah, and I on that sign website. up for our, our newsletter you know we, we have a weekly events email that comes out on Tuesday right. and then mm-hmm. uh, we have a talent weekly that comes out with uh, yep. open job opportunities and training and yeah. Uh, lots of good information, I'd say, from us here here locally. Yeah, it's a wonderful community. I'm so grateful to be part of it. Thank you so much again. We're grateful to have you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Again, this was Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green realtor. You can find me at homegreenhomes.com. And thank you so much for listening, and until next time. Thank you so much, Ben. I I so appreciate it, and I will see you soon. Thank you. Let me talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.